Welcome to another episode of First Up. I'm Brian White, joined as always by Jasmine Jetting Gonzalez. Hey, y'all. In today's episode, we will briefly be covering the financial aid process. We know this process can be intimidating, especially for first-generation students and those doing it on their own. So we want to tackle that and see what it might look like for most students. So, Brian, to start us off, I'm curious to know about your journey in applying for financial aid. How was that when you went to college? So for me, I actually just found a piece of paper that I had from high school and it had some schools on it that I didn't recall actually applying to. Uh, but one of my choices was UCLA. Never envisioned going there at all. California. You're trying to go to the good weather. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that was on there, but uh, that was on there. The school that I actually attended was on there. And then DePaul University was also on there. So when I was applying, I had to look for the schools that I was interested in first, see if they had any majors that I was interested in doing. Back then, I wanted to do a- accounting. Mm. I soon learned that that's not really what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. uh, but... Yeah, it was a good process. Uh, the FAFSA was always easy for me to do on my own. Like I said before, I used to use my mom's information, put it in there. Wait, you did the form by yourself? So you're just like, hey, mom, give me your financial information. I'm going to do this application for financial aid for college. She was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, she she trusted me to do it. Uh, I was her first son to go to college and actually graduate, so... She trusted me to do it and I got it done each year. I just made sure I did it. When I got to college, I had to make sure I did it each year too. Um, So yeah, for me, it it didn't seem as intimidating at first, but in high school, it was a little bit more just a, a process that I wasn't really expecting to be doing, but it was something I knew I had to do. She wasn't hesitant to share her financial information with her child? Nope. I ask and I'm a little personally shocked because my mom was like, nope, I am not sharing my financial information with you. So, yeah, I I had a different experience to yours. So that's very interesting. With my mom, she was like, I want to be there. Like she was very cautious with sharing like her social, her just all of her personal information. So she was like, I'll have to be there with you. I don't want you to lose my tax returns because, you know, I'm a teenager and, you know, she trusts me to a certain level. Right. But with important documents like that, she was like, I have to be there. So that's very understandable. I know you also went to grad school. How was that that process for you for grad school? Yeah. So for grad school, it's the same form. It's the FAFSA, right? I completed it, but I did not need my parent information. So honestly, it was kind of easier. I feel like for undergrad, I always needed my parents' information because I was considered a dependent student. Once I graduated my bachelor's degree and pursued my master's, I was considered independent student, which for the purposes of the FAFSA means that I do not need to provide parental information. But as a graduate student, I was not eligible or could even qualify for Pell or our state MAP grant, right? Because those are only grants for undergraduate students. For grad students, I was only... Um, was it the PLUS loan? The student PLUS loan. Yeah, so pretty much just student loans. 
You know how I remember it is that unsubsidized loans make me unhappy. Because of the interest. Yeah, because of the interest and subsidized loans make me happy. But yes, as a graduate student, you only qualify for unsubsidized loans. So that's very important because you don't get subsidized loans as a graduate student anymore. But it was the same form. It was easier just because it was only my information. Yeah, it's just unfortunate because there wasn't a lot of aid options. Well, I will say, and something I really want to share with our listeners, is that there are a number of um, graduate um, student programs. So there's like, you can be a graduate assistant for a department and they will cover your tuition, right? And fees. There's also graduate fellowship programs. So I actually was a fellow at my university that covered my tuition and fees and also covered my room and board, which was wonderful. Yeah. For the graduate and I was debating because I was like, should I take this fellowship or should I take a graduate assistant position that I was also offered? But for the graduate assistant position, it wouldn't cover room and board. So I was like, okay, the obvious choice is the fellowship that would cover everything. Um so I did that and I was able to work for whatever organization would take me really they're like hey you set up your own fellowship partnership with an organization or you can do it here on campus like I could literally do it wherever I want that was really great so yeah I would definitely encourage uh, our listeners if you are interested in going into graduate school look at fellowship programs graduate assistance and of course I want to mention the ISAT core you you know this, yeah. Brian, and I'm going to I feel like I talk a lot. So I'll let you give a shout out to the amazing benefit that we have with the ISAT core, because I don't think a lot of people know about this. And I feel like I want to like shout it on the top of my lungs so everyone can know pursue a master's degree or a higher, you know, higher than bachelor's, uh, because it definitely makes you more marketable, especially in this economy. So, Brian, you can take it away on this one. Yes. So the ISAT core. They do get a tuition waiver as a benefit of working for the state of Illinois. And what that pretty much is, is that they can attend any of the 12 major public universities, public universities yeah. uh, in Illinois and go to school pretty much for free. So if you are looking to join the ISAC Corps, if you are a recently graduated college student, then that opportunity is available for you. So just want to throw that out there. And it covers tuition and fees. And it really kind of depends on the schools because I've also heard that in some schools it only covers tuition. But if you're like, oh, will it cover room and board? It's not a room and board thing. It will cover the tuition and fees um, as part of that tuition waiver that you can receive as an ISAC court member. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit because I know we talked about a little bit from high school to college. Let's go back to high school um, and let's kind of just discuss what that might look like, the process of financial aid for the typical high school senior who plans to attend a college or university. So you want to start us off with that, how that might look? Yeah. So at first, like as a senior high school student, who is wanting to attend a college or university, the first thing to consider is what are you interested in? What kind of field of study are you wanting to pursue? What will be your major? It is also very normal to be undecided. So the term that, you know, universities use is an undecided major. Um, So 
I think there is a lot of pressure out there to decide what you're going to pursue as your life career choice. But um, you do have the option to be undecided, which would mean that your freshman, sophomore year, you would just like everyone else, take the gen ed courses. And then usually by your uh, junior year, you do really need to decide what major you're going to choose because you start to take your core courses for your major. Brian, did you want to add something on that? Yeah, I was just going to say there's typically, like you said, a lot of students that can change their major once they do get to college. So within those first few years, it's okay to kind of just explore, figure out what you might like, what you might dislike. And think about what you want to study from there. What helped you uh, decide what your major was? Did you was there anything in particular that kind of helped you decide? Well, for me, I went into my college uh, wanting to do accounting. We didn't have accounting as a major. We only had it as a minor. So I ended up going to the next best thing, which for me was economics. I took a class just to see how it would be. And I loved it. So I ended up Just going through that, I took all of my courses and I was pretty much done with my major courses by my junior year. So my senior year was filled with just me taking classes that I enjoyed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So from there, the next thing that we want you guys to be thinking about is finding schools that actually offer your majors. So if there is a school that you might be interested in, but they don't have something that you might want to major in or a field of study that you might want to study it would be good to look at other schools that would have that because you don't want to go to a school and then have to transfer to another school just to fulfill your major and do what you want to do after you graduate college. That's so true. I think so when I was looking at schools, I always knew that I wanted to major in criminal justice. I watched a lot of, you know, special victims unit. I was I was one of those. <laughs> But, law and order. Yeah, I love Law and Order. I'm a huge Law and Order fan. Um, but I always knew I wanted to go into criminal justice, right? And I knew from research and, you know, with help with my counselor and whatnot, that Western Illinois University had a good criminal justice program. And another school that I was contemplating was um, University of Illinois Springfield. And only really... UIS was because it was a capital, right? I was like, oh, like they must have partnerships with people in the capital, with legislators or someone like who is helping create and create laws, right? So I was into, do I want to go into the law side or do I want to go into the law enforcement side, right? And Western Illinois University was really more like the law enforcement side. We might talk about this a little bit more, but I visited both campuses and I felt more comfortable with UIS, right? So I definitely did start with looking at schools that had good programs in the major that I wanted to pursue, in this case, criminal justice. But then I went ahead and had the opportunity and I'm very blessed to be able to visit those campuses. I think there might be an opportunity for a college or university to have many of the same majors or many of the field of interest that you might be looking at because sometimes students are interested in doing multiple things. Um, Some schools might have both. So those might be also good schools to look at, I think. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is the... I don't know, I guess I'd say situation that some of the seniors are in this year, right? As you know, the 
FAFSA opened up later. It usually opens up October 1st, right? But with the creation of this new simplified FAFSA, it opened up, they say December, but after the soft launch, it really was the 1st of January. Like, let's be honest. Um, But... You know, seniors this year, more specifically class of 2024, started to have the opportunity to complete their financial aid application as of the beginning of of this year. You know, I just say January. But I always like when I work with students, I always tell them, like, the minute it opens up, definitely start looking at it. Start looking at what information you need to complete it. How was your experience with, you know, working with students on the financial aid application? Was there like tips or was it like a huge urgency to complete it right away? Or what was your approach on that? I feel like there's a mix. Um, There are the students that want to do it early and complete it early. There's also the parents that want to complete it early. And then there's a few students that kind of like to wait to the last minute. But my approach was always to let them know, hey, this is available. Let's get this done as soon as possible. As soon as it opens every year, October 1st, um, that's what we used to say. This year it was obviously different, but usually I would tell them October 1st, the fast was open. Let's get it done as soon as possible. There's also deadlines that students have to meet. So it's important to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah. And I I do want to add and I do want to be transparent because this is the new FAFSA that's opened up, right? Because it's so new, there's newer technology behind it. So there has been some like, in all transparency, some glitches or some issues that our students have been running. Definitely Um, some delays. Yes. So I do think just because it is a newer form, of course, it's not going to be 100%. I think it's just kind of to be expected with anything that's new. But I know some students are having a little bit of a hard time completing it, um, especially with the new process of parents without a social now being able to create an FSA ID. I know that that process in particular has it started off a little rocky. Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be very transparent. Um, and my heart goes out to yellow families going through this right now. Um, I will say, you know, patience is a virtue, right? It will sort itself out. Of course, be on top of it, do what you need to do, follow up, just do your due diligence, right. in and being on top of the process um, and checking in and, Hopefully, you know, the whatever needs to get sorted out gets sorted out on the back end and allows you to complete your financial aid application. But I do want to be transparent in that, that, you know, we we are aware of that. We are trying to support students and families as much as we possibly can. So, yeah, I just wanted to put it out there. With this year's fast, with like Jasmine said, there's delays. There's a few issues that are still being sorted out. So there's grace and there's understanding that we can't get everything done immediately. So there's grace for that. And we'll always be here to help you all get that completed. And it is better to start it earlier, because if you do come across some hiccups, you have time to sort that out. If you wait to the last minute to complete it and you come through hiccups, like now you're putting yourself in a little bit of a pickle because you're running through some deadlines. So definitely better to start it sooner than later um, to give yourself some time. Yeah, Or at least even just be aware of it and put it on the radar of your contributors, your parents, if that's who your contributors are. But you just want to put it on the radar. 
Um, speaking about that too, these applications should be completed annually. So mm -hmm. following years, uh, as you move on into college and you move on to your universities, this should still be something that is completed each year. So you don't want to forget that. It's also important, you know, if you're a student out there uh, looking to complete your FAFSA to have a list of the schools that you want your information to be sent to. So I know I've worked with some some students who are like, I don't know what schools I applied to. I'm like, what? You need, <laughs> you need that information for your application. Yes, you complete it, but they will ask you, what schools do you want me to send your information to? And the school cannot create a financial aid award letter if they don't have your information. So please, please, students and families, I urge you, make sure you have a list of schools that you have applied to and you want your information, your FAFSA, your alternative up your your information to be sent to because that's super important yeah and this year you have up to 20 schools that you can input into the FAFSA so that's important to keep track of too um, following that we want to make sure that you all are completing the verification process if you are selected again only if you are selected if you're not selected you shouldn't be sending anything in uh, but if you are selected, make sure that you're following those steps. If you need any help, you can always contact your ISAC core member to help you out with that. Yeah. And once you complete your verification, you submit all the documentation to be verified, you will be receiving financial aid award letters from your schools. And in these letters, they'll tell you, hey, student John Doe, you have been accepted into our school and we will be giving you this aid. So this grant, like, so if you qualify for a Pell Grant, it'll be on there. If you qualify for a MAP, it'll be on there. If you qualify for any student loans, it will be on there. Same thing with work study and all of the financial aid programs. Um, so if you qualify for any of the financial aid programs, you will see those on your financial aid award letters. So then if you want to go to that school, you'll say, yes, I accept these grants, scholarships, this aid, right, whatever that, the case may be. And then the financial aid office will say, OK, well, they accepted this award letter and they're coming to our school. And then they'll follow up with your student accounts and all that back end work to award you that aid. And then with that, you also want to make sure that you are constantly checking your emails because schools will be contacting you once you've decided that you are going to their school. Mm -hmm. uh, you are now their student, so they would like to contact you. There's going to be stuff that you need to fill out, like your housing forms. Um, so you just want to make sure that you are keeping track of your email, making sure you're keeping track of deadlines as well. And when you are deciding on a final school, you should also know to respond to the other schools you want to decline the offers because there are students that are still waiting on aid. They're saving it for you in case you do accept. But if you don't accept, you should decline and tell them. Uh, that way they can send that aid to another student who's been waiting. Yeah. And I cannot stress enough. I know like as a first year, especially first gen student, I was like, oh, like whatever. They'll they have to contact me. Um, and I was thinking they would contact me at my personal email or my high school email. I don't know why I thought that, but no, they will email you at your new university student account email. They'll normally send you an email to your personal email saying, hey, activate your student account. Mm -hmm. And 
when you activate your student account, you'll start to see all the emails from the financial aid office, from admissions or whatever. Um, but I think most of the time they will ask you to activate your student account and that's where they'll send everything. So definitely, definitely do that as soon as you can. And of course, accept the award letters. Yeah. Just before we go, I want to wrap up and give you guys a recap of our list of things to do. So first, you want to make sure you're finding your interests, know what you might like to study as a major or your field of study. You want to find schools that offer those majors. It can be more than one. Um, again, this year's financial aid applications, they became available in December, but typically they will open October 1st each year. Um, so you should apply for financial aid as soon as you can once it is available. And then you should make sure that you are also completing those applications each year. Uh, once you do have your financial aid, you want to make sure that you are applying to schools of interest. You want to make sure you're keeping a list of those schools and you're inputting those schools in your applications as well. If you are selected for verification, make sure that you are sending what is asked of you just to verify your information. And then once you are accepted by colleges, you'll receive and review your financial aid offers. That way you can compare all of them to make sure you are picking the school that is the best fit for you. And then after deciding on your offer, you should then respond to the other offers to decline. Um, so yeah, that's just a quick wrap up of the financial aid process. And I want to wish the best of best of luck to everyone on their financial aid process. Um, and if you need any support, shout out to our ISAC Corp, which you can get more information on in our student portal, um, which is studentportal.isac.org. And you can find a list of our ISAC Corp members to help you through that financial aid process. So definitely needed a shout out to our core. Definitely. Again, thank you all for listening today, and we hope to talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. We would like to thank ISAC for supporting us, the First Generation Scholars Network for encouraging us to put this podcast together. Thanks to our producers, Joey Lieberman and Matt Montez. Last but not least, we would like to thank our listeners for tuning in. We hope you'll join us in our next episode. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not directly reflect the opinions of ISAC. We hope you enjoyed this episode and have a good day, everyone.